Saving it up Friday night With the Sultans With the Sultans of Slam And welcome to the jam Come on and slam Welcome to the Sultans of Slam for January 17th, 2020 Your host this week, myself, Lee And I'm joined by Reed Hi You've had a big morning Yeah, I did Dentist poutine that's 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 a lot of two things. biggies right there. Uh, we're here to talk about the world of pro wrestling, specifically AEW Dynamite. Um, this this week, Bash at the Beach. Hell yeah, which brother. is uh, was a little nice. Why do we even talk about NXT anymore? We ever unless you watch it. it, I'm I'm totally fine. Yeah, with, with I think dropping I it. think going forward, unless I specifically watch it, because All I right. think I should cutting cutting 15 minutes right Guess out of what? the show. Guess what? Right, week. live on air, we are cutting segments. That's right. <laughs> you're you're seeing behind the curtain here. Uh, but it was nice bash at the beach to think about warm weather as it has been. Uh, between negative 40 and negative 50. It got to minus 56 in the middle of the night. Yeah, woo! Hope you plugged in your vehicles. By the way, people who live below a certain line, you have to plug in your vehicles or they the battery will die in the cold. Yeah. And then you have to get another person to help start your car with their car. And yeah. you got to hope that their Booster car Booster cables. Yeah. That's not just things you see in the movie. This is real life. And cars stall in the middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, which makes... Uh, so, so today, it's warmed up. Only negative 20, Reed. Only negative 20. A uh, high of negative 9... Which will bring with it four hours of freezing rain, followed by twenty centimeters of snow. Yeah, tarps optional, boys. Uh, yeah, so uh, so it was nice to you know like, g- girls in bikinis and like the whole kind of Miami Vice uh, neon. <laughs> it was uh, girl in bikini. It was girl in bikini, <laughs> and let me tell you, every time they cut to her, it was awkward as hell. Was she, it? She didn't know she was always on camera, so sometimes she just had like resting bored face. She's just like sitting in that chair, and then she'd realize she was on camera, and then she'd start smiling or waving. I thought it was fine. Uh, okay. Fine. Be that way. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about AEW Dynamite. <laughs> this go-away heat for the bikini lady. <laughs> the bikini lady. Yeah, get her out of here. Um, so apparently there, there's some kind of rumblings. Because Bash of the Beach was owned by WCW. WCW but now AEW, WWE owns WCW. WCW. So who owns but Bash Cody of the Beach? But Cody trademarked all these fucking names and stuff. So. Right. So there's no legal repercussions unless they sue them in South America or something. How does this... What is it? Like, give me 20 bucks for using our name that doesn't impact your show whatsoever? Yeah, but then WWE went and trademarked all those dumbass names. Uh, like, a bunch cares? of stuff that nobody wanted anyways. Bring us uh, back the Yeti and then we'll call it even. AEW <laughs> uh, from the Watsco Center in Miami, Florida for Bash at the Beach. Uh, and of course, next week, we they are broadcasting from a boat, right? Jericho's Cruise? They're on a boat. That's pretty cool. Take, taking a bump on a boat. Uh, so this no, show you would literally die. This show starts uh, with everybody in the ring, for, uh, be, be it Kenny Omega, uh, Adam Hangman Page, and uh, the Young Bucks. Best friends, Young Bucks, Santana Ortiz. It's just it's a cluster F. Uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, also hanging out at ringside. Biggest pop. Biggest pop of the night. When they're yeah. announcing everybody, Kenny, like Adam Page, eh, a bit of a... Kenny Omega, even bigger than that. Then Orange Cassidy was right after that and got a bigger pop well, than he trans- Like I said to you on uh, one of our private conversations, he That's transcends right. wrestling... <laughs> private conversations. Not for broadcast. Uh, like, my girlfriend, like... Does not enjoy wrestling whatsoever, but she will stop what she's doing and watch whatever Orange Cassidy yeah. is doing. The, regardless of what Orange Cassidy does, I mean, obviously wrestling's the, where where he can't be a baseball player that with that same lethargy. He's just like on third base, just kind of like it's perfect for wrestling. Yes, uh, it's perfect for indie wrestling, uh, but it's getting over here on national television. So fucking roll with it. Um, all right, so the match was to determine the number one contenders for the AEW tag title. Santana Ortiz had to do some heavy lifting in the match as the only uh, 
as the only of the four teams working heel. The four elite members uh, seemed to be working together until the end of the match when Paige tagged himself in as the Bucks were cleaning house. There was a few subtle things throughout here in terms of tags. Uh, I'll explain one later because it was my favorite moment of the match. Uh, He then used the moment uh, in tandem with Omega to hit the finish and earn the team a title shot. After brief tension, the Bucks, Omega, and Paige all got back on the same page no pun yeah. intended and left the ring together that was a pun intended uh, there was also like a huge uh, flip spot where Orange Cassidy made the difference um, just good, good stuff the hugs uh, dude I love that hug spot so much the, like, the camera, ca- camera yeah uh, god damn so stupid. Anyway, good opening match uh, as always. Lots thought. of lots of talent in the ring. Yeah, uh, and and looking forward to to the. Uh, so there is there is this wow wow unprofessional. The, the vet is calling me. Oh. I've got big plans for the weekend. Um. So there's this moment towards the end of the match, basically where Hangman got tagged in, and then Nick is the legal man in, and Nick turns around to go punch but then he sees it's hangman stops himself and he contemplates for a moment and then hangman who as we all know is now not in the elite and teasing constantly heel turn he does not hesitate instead and goes for the clothesline on nick nick dodges it and gets tagged out by santana or Ortiz, i believe or maybe one of the best friends so it didn't go anywhere from there but i thought that was very nice very subtle storytelling that was like hey hangman is teasing something he doesn't hesitate to attack his friends where Nick does. Nick obviously being a very big baby face right now. More of this, please. This yes. is great. Uh, it's also the spot after the match where Hangman grabbed like a fan's beer and Kenny like gave it back. And then Hangman went and grabbed another beer and just left. Uh, <laughs> the, the only thing I keep calling back to is that line that we brought up multiple times on the podcast because of what we were talking about at the time. Being that things happen off of Dynamite that aren't really mentioned. And it was the Hangman left the Elite. Hangman didn't leave the Elite. He's in the Elite right now. I don't watch being the Elite, so all I'm but thinking about this whole time... they said on air that they right. the Elite. But they keep saying, like, dissension and, like, oh, he doesn't seem to want to hang out with his friends anymore. But previously, you have told me he has left the Elite. I don't watch being the Elite. Is Hangman not there anymore? Well, Is there he, more... he's hanging around, but he doesn't have, like, the dressing room with the Elite anymore. He's not... I don't know any of this. Yeah, it's not really clear uh, right so now. So the only story they're telling is there's dissension amongst them as a group when they've already told us he's left. So I think that was a huge misstep. Um, another funny part about this match is when they're doing the opening and they're announcing everybody and they go, Hangman Page, he has this thing come up with his record, but he's the only one that ever gets special text. And above it said, Anxious Millennial Cowboy. <laughs> thought that was very funny. <laughs> you know, you'll say for Kenny, like, uh, yeah. three and no, undefeated in singles competition, three and no in tag. Anxious Millennial Cowboy. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. It's good, um, sh- good shit, pal. It's good shit. Let's, uh, so this recap I have is kind of out of order, so bear with me if I get something a little bit wrong, but we're going to jump next listen, to... That's why you listen to this podcast. That's right. You could listen to a professional podcast where they run things down in order. That's not this podcast. <laughs> nope. Uh, John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is out first, blowing kisses to the, uh, previously mentioned bikini-clad woman. Uh, <laughs> I had the UK version I was watching. Oh. The Fight Network one, so, uh, or whatever it's called. So I had no commercials. So JR would be like, we'll be right back after the break, and then continue to talk as the, it was an inset. I was hearing what they were saying. It's a little messy. I obviously... It's, they're very aware that they are not uh, on television to their the majority of their audience. And then I got to see the Sammy Guevara uh, written sign thing with sound, which it loses a little bit of its oomph when uh, you can hear what's being said. Because yeah, um, the commentators are commentating on it. Ah, um, yeah, obviously I watched the TSN version because yeah. I am a good boy. Yeah, um, like to pay your cable company. Um, 
Um, so I did get commercials, but I also got this picture-in-picture. Picture. Mm. So I got to see Sammy with the cards and everything, which I thought was very cute. Yeah, I don't know if he can do it every week, but uh, so far so good. He's a perf- um, he's a perfect heel. He's just a little little shit. He's a little shit, and he got a lot of offense in this match uh, against John Moxie. John Moxie pulls up in his Ford GT, leaves the lights on and the door Shaw up. Shawn Cons and Ford GT, huh? It's Shawn Cons, I guess Tony Cons. Oh, dad. really? Yeah, that's what they said on the Observer. Um, he's just like since he's so. Oh, happy, maybe they're not going to destroy it. No, since he's like so happy with the result of. Like what's been going on with AEW? Obviously, we haven't even talked about the new TV. No, we will get to that after this. Um, yeah, but he's pretty happy with it. So when they're like thinking up this car angle, he's like, "Why don't you just use mine?" That's what they've been doing. It saves money. You don't have to buy another car. Yes. Yeah. You uh, wouldn't download a car. No, but I also wouldn't like a man with one eye drive my million dollar car. <laughs> uh, so uh, the match was part of a mini tournament uh, where the winner would uh, advance to face the winner of the match between Pac and uh, Pac, Pac, Darby Allen. Uh, to be held later in the night. So, let's run this down. Of these four men who could potentially challenge for the uh, championship, I thought John Moxley was already number one contender. And then on the flip side of that, I'm like, Pac would they be They have so third. many weeks still until Revolution. They, yes. they need to like build this up. So but the, no, I the idea that Sammy Guevara could be challenging Chris Jericho at the next pay-per-view. But he's been having good performances lately, and he's sure. been winning. So. But then Darby Allen has challenged and lost. <laughs> and then lost since then. Um, yeah, yeah, weird, right? <laughs> but look, the it's ends, wrestling. So the it, yeah, the it, ends justify yeah. the means. Exactly. I think yeah. a month from now, we're not even going to remember the fact that Sammy was in contention. We're arguing about something that would have never happened, as if it was a real sport, and it's pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, this was a good match. Well, uh, we Sammy have to talk Gavara, about the angle after the match. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we're, we're not even there yet. No. Uh, <laughs> you shit. Uh, the match ended when Guevara was going for a moonsault uh, body block and was caught. Uh, Moxley takes one step back and just rear naked choke, chokes him and gets the submission. Uh, but lots of offense from both guys. Uh, the story of the beginning of the match that made this match longer in kayfabe uh, was that neither guy was taking the other guy seriously, which was kind of funny yeah. from uh, Guevara's point of view because he's just like a shit heel. It's like, dude, this guy's like the biggest monster on the roster. Yeah, like maybe I'll punch him and I'll gloat. Yeah, and he's bit. like doing light, like light, light pins and like one big move, light pin, the guy kicks out, and then by the end of it, it's like, oh, okay, enough's enough. Time to put this guy away. And John Moxley will move on. Uh, after this match, as Moxley is celebrating his victory, Jericho's music briefly hit. Uh, before the lights went out, when the lights came back on, Jericho, Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hagar were in the ring. The group put a beating on Moxley, including Jericho whipping him with the championship belt. That was Hagar, awesome. Yeah, and Hagar landing a running kick to the groin. Uh, Jericho then unscrewed one of the spikes from his jacket and drove it into Moxley's eye. Turning him into Punish Snake. Shit. Uh, after the commercial break, Jericho cut a promo uh, backstage saying Moxley brought the attack on himself and it was an eye for an eye after Moxley smashed a bottle over his head last week. Listen, we all know Cody is a big Metal Gear Solid mark. As am I. Yes. I love Metal Gear Solid. So. How, how choked was Cody that he didn't get to wear an eye patch? Yeah. he's like, No, yeah. but that's why he. That's why he's the executive <laughs> vice president, brother. That's he's right. like, I'll give this sweet fucking gift. There'll be time for all of us to wear eye patches. Yeah, no. He'll... T- <laughs> He'll become no. He's liquid. He's blonde. Okay. So fair. he'll he'll go shirtless with a brown trench coat, and he'll complain about jeans. They'll fight on top of a tank at some point. Dude, this is uh, great wrestling right here. This is good stuff. Uh, Don't so kiss. It, it, let's <laughs> let's jump on to uh, Joey Janela's backstage promo. <laughs> Fuck Joey Janela. Uh, yeah, maybe Joey Janela shouldn't talk. 
don't know. There's like, nothing wrong with this promo, but... 2019 had felt like he was getting punched in the balls all year, just like his ex Penelope Ford and her new man Kip Sabian had done to him literally last week. Uh, but that he'd show his true skills next week when he goes one on one with Ray Phoenix. I, I don't listen. Ray's been taking some pins lately. I don't think Ray's getting pinned by Joey Janela unless suddenly you're pushing Joey Janela. Yeah, but he's hurt regardless. Ray Phoenix is. Yes, he's okay. injured. Well, he needed help game backstage after the Janela match. Apparently, you're making me sad. Well, it's because he just keeps working hurt. Like, he yeah. just likes wrestling a lot, I guess. So It's no way to go through life. No. Uh, let's talk about this women's match. <laughs> What's there to talk about? Uh, Hikaru Shida, Chris Statlander, versus Mel and Brandy Rhodes. Apparently, was... Awesome Kong is ill or otherwise unable to compete. This was a bad... So, Brandy Rhodes stepped in. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, the better of the two... I guess overall, uh, I'll be honest with you. I went and made myself a bowl of chips during this. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I was playing Pokemon. And I had my head down. Oh yeah, so I wasn't That's really fair. paying attention. So, uh, so listen, this is, but at the end of the day, this like these segments don't really lose viewers. So like, where are we to? Well, Brandy, uh, it was a bit <laughs> odd to see a heel faction being pushed as uh, such a force go down clean in this match. Uh, but with Awesome Kong unavailable due to illness, there's at least some excuse. The match never really clicked, and there were several awkward spots throughout. Uh, this match ended by a pinfall when Statlander hit Mel with a modified pile driver. And the crowd was dead, and uh, Dr. Luther was there. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, who, at least Butcher and Blade, did something the next week after their confusing uh, debut. Dr. Luther just seems to be a menacing creep. Uh, and that's it. Speaking of creeps, let's talk about the Dark Order video and the fact that the Exalted One is apparently Nails, uh, which I wrote down. Like from like Nails. Well, he's got the jail. same like voice thing. Like went to jail, Nails. Yeah, he's back like and he started gonna, a call. He's gonna choke Vince again. Would that be, that'd be fucking crazy. That'd be fucking wild, brother. Yeah, except Nails is currently. See, more OSW knowledge gain dropped on this podcast. Yeah, except that's he's. In WWE, is he not? No, but I, we, I think we both. I think I speak for both of us when I say we both learned this from AEW, from OSW. What that nails existed? The nails existed, <laughs> yes. And cops just want to beat him up. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the Dark Order video aired discussing the progress they've made with their targeted uh, recruits, which included Michael Nakazawa. Of course, you want him on the team. Of the course. guy who's regularly being choked out by craft services. I think he's in Rod's boys' stable. Like, he Nakazawa? Likes, he likes sure. oily boys. Yeah, he likes he likes some oily. Uh, Kenny Omega, Brandon Cutler, and Adam Page. So, what a stable that would be. Yeah. <laughs> just some... Two fucking superstars, <laughs> then two absolute jobs. Brandon fucking Cutler. It's like uh, Stone Cold and The Rock with Crash Holly and Bob yeah. Holly. <laughs> hey, whatever keeps the Dark Order from coming out on the show and going into the ring, I'm okay with. Uh, the The... Kind of canned responses from the so so called exalted one are kind of lame, like the interjections of good and good. like and like yes, all just according to make, Let's just make him the emperor at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll find he, he'll have like a, a stable is quite operational. You'll have like the world heavyweight title. And be like you want this, you want this, don't, don't you? you? Take it and strike me down. <laughs> And your uh, journey to the main event will, to the be, main complete. Event will be complete. <laughs> uh, yeah, this so is now the Emperor Wrestling Podcast. That's right. We just do a Palpatine impression while talking about AEW Dynamite. <laughs> if you're into that, here's the podcast for you. Uh, Cody comes out looking great. I think he's just dressed yes. like this all the time. Yeah, um, he's like, right out of GTA. 
Yeah, cuts a masterful babyface promo as he apparently can do now. He's no. just, just just nailing it. Yeah, he just does what he does now. Uh, yeah, so I, without running it down here, Cody accepts MJF's uh, MJF stipulations such as the cage match and the being lashed. Cody uh, has this great formula of coming out, making sure his entrance is being seen far and wide. <laughs> he starts off slow with his speech, but it's not just saying bullshit until he gets to the point. It's nope. all building up to different uh, meanings and points in his speech. Yeah, the and, biggest thing here uh, that you can take away from it, he's just like, hey, MGF, you're like, you're a footnote in my in my journey in this company. So, like, to you, this is everything. To me, like, this is this will be another match. Yeah. Um, but but also never putting MJF down yeah, in terms of wrestling that, ability. Yeah, he's not saying that you suck at wrestling, yeah. your promos suck. It's still a match. He's uh, just saying that as good as you are, I'm better than you. Yep. And I accept. And that's what you really need to build up a match like that. You don't just say, I accept. You have to build up your opponent. You have to build up yourself. You have to get it, the crowd excited at the prospect of such a match. You want to talk about some grandpas flying through the air? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, horrifying. I was scared. We have MJF, the Butcher and the Blade. Listen, let me tell you something about the Butcher. What a great look on that guy. No, both of them, I think, have a great He comes great out, he throws that monocle, he gets in the ring, starts he starts duck walking. His... Like, just what the fuck he starts doing the 2K20 walk. Uh, it's, yeah, that's right. He's glitching out. Yeah. Uh, QT Marshall. He's going through the ropes and vibrating. <laughs> QT Marshall comes out. To a pop for some reason. Uh, and it's then the apple throw, brother. It's got to be over. that. Uh, Dustin Rhodes comes out. What does he do with the apple after? After he throws it? Yeah. It's not, not important. It's, that's no, it. These are the questions I wonder about. Uh, it's like a taunt where he throws an apple. It's like, where do they go? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Dustin Rhodes comes out and he throws to... Basically, it's just like we're just... Each subsequent guy that comes out on this team is like 10 years older than previous <laughs> or more. Um, uh, Dustin Rhodes throws through Diamond Dallas Page, who gets a huge pop and comes out here looking tan. Like he's like, in the last week, he was like, I gotta take my shirt off. I better make like, sure I'm looking on. good. Um, the easy highlight of this match was DDP coming off the top rope with a dive to the outside at 63 years old. Uh, DDP can... also had the diamond cutter on MJF, but the pin attempt was broken up. After Page's big dive, Marshall hit the QT special uh, to the outside and was caught in a pin by MJF just moments later for the finish. Sorry, um, QT. There's this part right where DDP did the the jump off the top rope onto yeah. the ground. Not even into the ring, which would also be scary, but onto yes. the ground. Um, well, onto a pile the of blade, people catching. Um, yeah. The blade, blade give, gets a really good catch on him, and you can tell DDP was like, Thanks for saving my life, yeah, brother. And it's turned to dust. Then the yeah. blade just gives him like very obvious, quick couple taps in the back to say, "I got you, brother." <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I don't mind seeing that. No, yeah, you know, the uh, camaraderie is nice. To know that the 63 year old man is protected in this match, <laughs> uh, so he, DDP doesn't need to wrestle ever again. No. But it's good to know that if you booked if you booked a match properly, you could have a singles match there with was, DDP in it. There was no greater advertisement for DDP yoga yeah. than watching a 60-something-year-old DDP... Throw clotheslines for 20 minutes. <laughs> jump off the top rope into the outside. Listen, Dustin Rhodes is no sp- spring t- chicken either, but like WWE was ready to write that guy off, basically, yeah. as a wrestler, this, and here he is. I cannot believe in 2020, Dustin Rhodes' finisher is the Canadian... And it's not, his, it's, it's not his finisher. It's, it's just a movie it's does. It's just a movie <laughs> does. Like when, remember awesome. when he was Black Rain and he would do the whoopsie, how could I forget the whoopsie pedigree where he yeah. doesn't hook the arms? He the, just does all I can think about when this guy was coming down to the ring yum, yum, uh, yum, was not yum, that, yum, but yum. like the fucking life this guy has lived, like where he was twenty years ago versus where he, he was is now. Triple the size. Uh, yeah, uh, good for him. Good for everybody in this match. Good match. MJF selling 
a little too... And I like MJF. Selling a little too much. Uh, he took one thing off the corner you and he can't. did like a full flip. He, he did something else where he got up and started like swinging at the air. But he's like a shit heel. So it's like, yeah, okay. It, it's a him. problem that WWE often has with a character like The Miz. Yeah. Where if you're trying to build up a serious blood feud... I should like oh yeah like a blood feud a serious feud between two a serious blood feud <laughs> um but the one, the heel is a chicken shit heel yeah you don't building up to that match you should have them win legitimately uh, a few times or in this case maybe not sell so much yeah. um because you want because otherwise like congrats Cody you beat a fucking geek well that and MGF was selling to uh, I think DDP both times in both cases like one of them was a cutter and one of them was something off the corner and like MJF fucking bump for this guy like he jumped fucking eight feet in the air. it was, he was, like, he was, it was like WWE all-stars yeah was he was doing wild. some Ric Flair Shawn Michaels uh, yeah. uh, Dolph Ziggler kind of selling which like those guys sell like that for specific reasons at specific moments I think yeah. when you're getting punched by DDP just you know just take it back a little he's got bit. that legendary strength like he's got the WWE Hall of Fame ring yeah like Cody is younger and stronger than all three of uh, your current opponents um, sell less than you would for Cody Right. What, yeah. what should be said. Yes. Um, and then also of note, MJF was wearing a fantastic t-shirt. Yes. How could we forget? Saying, uh, uh, I banged Dallas's daughter. Yeah, I banged Dallas's yeah. daughters. And then he has the diamond symbol upside down. As you know from Ready to Rumble, a diamond upside down is a pussy. As you know from, uh, was it the year 2000's Ready to Rumble? <laughs> yeah. fucking movie come out. Everybody's uh, seen that probably. Oh, of course. Um. It was below budget. It's a, it's a, it's a. That's a movie you can watch. Uh, David Arquette, baby. Yeah. Scott Con, the People's Champion. Yeah. Uh, he was a heel in that. It was strange. Let's talk about Pac and Darby Allen. Let's talk about Pac. It's a good match. This is uh, a great match. Both guys are really good wrestlers. Uh, the winner of this match was supposed to face Moxley next week to determine number one contender, but Moxley's had his eye gouged out as of right now, so as far as we know, that's up in the air. So Jeez. Sammy Guevara, you're up, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Pack delivered some brutal shots early in the match, swinging Allen's body into the ring steps and later powerbombing him directly on the steps. Every time it seemed Allen had uh, found an edge, Pac would roll out of the ring to avoid potential pitfalls, uh, pinfalls, rather. Uh, no matter what Pac hit Allen with, it seemed like a rising star would uh, not accept the idea of staying down. Eventually, Pack was able to hit the Black Arrow I mentioned this to my wife, who was playing a video game off to the side. Uh, I have never seen Pac fuck up the red slash black arrow. He is perfect every time. Yeah, he's probably he, practiced it a million he times. He could hit a fly off a horse's back with that fucking move. Yeah. It's... it's Everything Pac does is just, tight, is precise. I can't think of another wrestler who has like a, a top rope finisher like that. Even like a Ray Phoenix or something like that. You're like, oh, that was a little... Hmm, or that was... Hmm, it wasn't the best one. You, this guy is... It's on every time. You'd be hard-pressed to find another high flyer like Pac, who is as patient and precise as him. Yeah. Pac does not have the mentality of like what people would call spot monkeys, where he's yes. going to go from spot to spot with nothing in between. He does put the in-between. He sells. He lets stuff slow down before he picks back up. Yes. He's a very he's one of the better, best overall wrestlers, not just AEW, but probably the entire world right now. That's right. Ooh, high praise. Yeah. Uh, Pac made it clear that he was now the number one contender because Moxley couldn't com- couldn't compete. But hold on. <laughs> As Moxley kicks his way up the ambulance. Listen, if we're going off Metal Gear Solid, Ken, how do we know this is actually Moxley and not just a medic that was hypnotized oh, and given plastic surgery? It's actually Dean Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Cena. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Moxley then kicked his way out of an ambulance. He entered the arena and said it wouldn't go down like that. Uh, and in a really good, badass, 
babyface Stone Cold Steve Austin line said, one eye or no eyes, this match is going down. I'm going to kick your ass. Which made me think of blindfold match. <laughs> Let's oh do it. Oh my god, Moxley, <laughs> Moxley's down an eye. Pac's got an advantage, right? We put a blindfold on both these motherfuckers and just see what happens. Listen, <laughs> for, the, for the viewers out there, the reason why we're so enthusiastic about this, do yourself a favor, Lockdown 2007. <laughs> um, the Wildcat Chris Harris versus uh, James Storm. In a blindfold match where their blindfolds came off at least 20 times during the match. Yes, and both babyface and heel reattached their blindfolds <laughs> yes. before continuing the match. And then the end of the match was based on the fact that James Storm was cheating and taking off his blindfold even yes. though it already it came off, off. 50. Uh, also, they're in a steel cage. And it's, it, 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 it bears mention. Go watch it yeah. and then come back to us. Email us. Let us know what you think. So with great wrestling and a show like this, Reed, I wouldn't be surprised if AEW was re-signed right now. $175 deal. Uh, they're going to be around... $175. $175. That's nothing. It's like, yeah, you can almost buy a Switch. Uh, that is $175 million. You can't even buy the Horizon Zero uh, Dawn Collector's Edition. They have been renewed by TNT until 2023, and they are getting a new hour of television, which people think Dark will become. And then, I, That's more yeah. or less confirmed at this point. Obviously, there's going to be some heavy editing to it to make it more TV-friendly. You're going to sure. put some more important matches. You're not going to have Brandon Cutler. On your Saturdays on TNT. I'm sorry, Brandon Culler, but you're a fucking geek. Um, join the Dark Order before Join the Dark Order, please. Uh, with Roderick. Uh, so, we don't really need to talk about uh, NXT, though, but it is building up, of course, to Royal Rumble weekend, where there will be whoa, whoa, a takeover whoa. event. We're, we're just skip all the uh, other talk about the AEW. No, let's, let's keep talking about it. Uh, no, but that's I, kind of it. That, no, like, they I, did so well. That, but I, just, I think it's unprecedented for... I shouldn't say like a wrestling promotion, but something like this... To not only exceed expectations, but be rewarded for it in such a quick manner. I right. figure it'd be like a year or maybe nine months before they even talk so, about renewing another deal. Right, but here's how the contracts work, right? So they're they're killing demos, yeah. uh, regardless of the actual number you see week to they week. They wanted 400,000 yeah. viewers at least, and some demos, and they're so more or less It's double. a live show, and they have the captive demo. And uh, they're doubling the viewers that they wanted, that they're absolutely and, and then some. So TNT wants to lock them down for as long as possible before a bidding war has to happen. Would AEW leave TNT? I don't think so. A major network would have to come looking for it, like Fox. But yes. they're busy with their own fucking circus right now. No, and uh, I think it's a great deal for everybody right now. It's absolutely. It's good. So, like, the thing... Yes, there's there's a reason they're on TNT in the first place. There's a reason that's where they went in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will be a relationship for years to come. And good for them on the extra hour of TV. Uh, obviously, if it, you said it was Saturday night, that's confirmed. I think they, they've been talking about Saturday night. I don't think it's confirmed. So does yet. like Saturday night? Does main event still air on television? Main event? No, I think that's just network. Just on network because that used to be on Saturdays, right? It used to be yeah. like a Saturday evening show. But dark would be taken more seriously than a main event. Like no storylines. Oh, absolutely. Or anything. I'm like saying that. though, uh, from the mind of when Vince McMahon does he put main? Does he try to get an hour of television oh. on to go opposite it on Saturday nights? Yeah, you have to. Like, there has to be some little competition, unless he does some. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's hard. To, how can we enter the mind of Vince McMahon? You can't. It's it's, it's impossible. It's racist. Uh, <laughs> you. Uh, this effectively means that NXT Are you takeover. doing the Legion of Doom opening? <laughs> what a rush. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> uh, NXT pay-per-views would now run opposite AEW Dark, right? Yeah, unless they do just... Oh, yeah. It's interesting. It'd be like a Sunday Night Heat sort of thing. Like, Sunday Night Heat, when they had pay-per-views, was like... That was their um, their pre-show. 
Right. So, in theory, AEW Dark could be the pre-show if they happen to have a pay-per-view on that. Oh, I meant like op, the op, like NXT is running a pay-per-view, and then you have AEW that same day. They can um, plan to have bigger stars on that Dark. So, like, yeah, Kenny Omega wrestles on this but, one. But the takeovers aren't going to be on any television station. That's right. So, do they really give a shit? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Read. I don't know. Yeah, we don't uh, know. What, what's very clear is the only person that cares is WWE and one particular man at that company, uh, and that's it. Yeah, so. and, and also because these ratings, and AEW now is getting consistently around 900,000 viewers, at least yes, in the past Yes, last couple of weeks have yeah. been like 940. NXT has stopped and dwindled. is retaining around 700,000. It's very obvious at this point that the burst they had was due to the main roster going down there for Survivor Series and also NXT going up to SmackDown having yep. their little invasion and stuff. And, and when you say burst, we're talking about 100 to 200,000 people, if that. Yeah, and it's uh, it it's, shouldn't be surprising to anybody, even though it is to some people, but it shouldn't be. Like, you, for years, you have banged into people's heads. People in the main roster are the stars. People in NXT are just... Jokes. They're not. Yet, they're not <laughs> stars yet. The the other thing too is like you just think of AW consistently getting nine hundred and forty thousand viewers in their thirteenth week or whatever it is, and Raw's struggling to pull in two million, and that's a company that's been around for fucking longer than either of us have been on this planet. Well, it, there's it's pretty wild. There's something so. exciting. There's a there's a hint of mystery to AEW. You know that's when right. you tune to Raw, you're always going to get Michael Cole saying it's boss time. You're always going to get your scripted promo of. I'm here night in, night out. There has never been... When I was watching Raw, if I went to the other room, I would never come back and rewind. I left the room during Pac Darby Allen. I rewound to the beginning of that match to make sure I watched all I of it. I paused it completely uh, so I could eat with my girlfriend, and then I went back and unpaused yeah, it. And I which would is, never have done you would that, never have done that for any uh, other wrestling program. You're like, oh, I actually want to see the moment-to-moment of this. Yeah, because uh, everything is intriguing. You don't know... I shouldn't say you don't know what's going to happen, like it's fucking Attitude Era, but... Yeah. Anything can happen. But you know that they're trying at every... Like, there's a feeling of AEW trying very hard at everything they're doing that you don't get from a Raw. You yeah. don't get that they're putting their all into this Mojo Raleigh 24-7 gimmick. No. Like, at all. So why would I Why would I watch Raw? If if they don't care, why should I care? And Well put. Yeah. Let's talk about a different wrestling company altogether in Reed on Honor. Oh, Big this, week. This is like, a, huge. This is a... This is, Huge. So after all this shit that's gone down with Ring of Honor, its relationship with New, New Japan, its deteriorating and everything, they have decided to do a drastic change. And that is, one, they are keeping Marty Skrull in an act of God. <laughs> no one, I don't think anybody anticipated this, but Marty Skrull staying with Ring of Honor because they offered him WWE main roster money, apparently. Which mm. is probably... Either, to work less and be the top guy, yeah, essentially. Near seven figures, if it is not seven figures, I'm imagining. Which is probably more than... Noted as the most lucrative deal in the company's history. Yeah, which yeah. Um, which is crazy. So, it's yeah, it's probably around that number. Um, it's probably more money the Ring of Honor actually makes per year. Um, as far as, like, <laughs> pure profit goes, I mean. Their stock has been replaced with just Marty Scroll. Yeah, so he is not, what they're investing in. Not only did they do that, but they have also gave Marty the position of co-head booker. Mm-hmm. Um, Delirious, who's the former head booker and still co-booker, is the one that's been working there since like 2012, and he's kind of the guy a lot of people blame for putting it into the position it's in with bad decisions, such as putting the belt on Matt Tape. Yeah, suppo- supposedly Delirious is staying. Yes, right. So, but Marty's going to be a big influence on him, and apparently it's a big goal out of Marty because he's still allowed to work New Japan and other indies. 
that he wants to create a relationship with New Japan and AEW right. because he has so many friends there. So literally a week ago at this time, we were talking about, oh, if like if Marty's gone, that would be a good pull for New Japan to maybe really seriously consider that Ring of Honor is like, that's over. Now this is completely blown open. Yes, now there's yeah. so many exciting things that are happening because of this. You can yes. tell because New Japan's like, oh, Marty's Booker now. So yeah. now we have someone that we like and trust yeah. that we can communicate directly That didn't with. leave us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say, no, they didn't leave us. They left Ring of Honor because they're just being poor. Um, no, I mean like the elite. Yeah. yeah they won't leave us. Because that's the only reason why, really, if you're going to po- point to anything why AEW and New Japan won't work together in the near future, is that. Yeah. It's um, just bad blood. So there's already been so many huge announcements. Um, like Will Ospreay, I think Juice Robinson... Uh, Jay White have all been announced for Super Card of Honor, which is an upcoming pay per view for Ring of Honor, and that's like that's Huge. that's New yeah. Japan saying, okay, like we'll give you some guys now. Like let's let's get let's get back on the same page. Let's yeah. see what we can do here. Suddenly, there's at least two to three matches yeah. on that pay per view wor- worth watching. And like obviously, I'm disappointed that Marty's not going to be in AEW or be exclusive to New Japan or something like that. But I yeah. think this is exciting because it can reinvigorate Ring of Honor to a degree. I don't think they're going to be able to compete with AEW or WWE by any means. Yeah. But I think that they're going to put on some entertaining shows and get back to where they were maybe around like 2015-ish. It's it's pretty wild that in a week how this has completely changed direction. Yeah, uh, and it's exciting that they have a relationship with New Japan because I like to see New Japan stars but in an American setting. Hmm. So getting to watch Will Ospreay and Jay White and Juice Robinson take on some Ring of Honor guys I think is an exciting prospect and I'm looking forward to some of those matches. Especially sure. Will Ospreay because Will Ospreay is absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, he's pretty wild. So we need Will Ospreay to fight Punk. Yeah, this this, this means a lot for <laughs> so Marty. I think Marty took this because it's not just another wrestling position. It's something you can fall back on. Oh, now I have X amount of years of booking experience. Now I can go into producer role. I can go into a booking role. I can go into a backstage role at different companies. Mm. I can go to New Japan and get my expertise there. So what happened when the Elite left? Their contracts were all up, but Marty still had a year. Is that what happened? Ring of Honor. Yes. Yeah. Marty. So re- what's what's the relationship between the Elite and Marty then? No, they're friends, but yeah. Marty is looking out for himself as he should. And if I went up to you, Lee, and I was like. All right, I'm going to give you seven figures to work 40 dates. Also, you're going to get experience in a different position in wrestling. Or I'm going to give you less money to work more dates, but you get to work with your friends. You'd probably take the more money for less dates sure, and but, more experience. But in, uh, in another universe where Marty's contract is up at the same time, he leaves for sure. Yes, probably. But yeah. at that point, because if Ring of Honor only, like, they'd be dumb to offer Marty that contract, but not Cody, who is arguably yeah. a bigger star in the United States. Right. Or Kenny. Well, Kenny was not signed with Ring of Honor. He just worked there a few times. The, there's there's a, the a whole documentary Mar- here that we may never see yeah, whole that would be reason, vastly interesting. The whole reason Marty got such a big lucrative offer is because he's the, he's last, the, guy. He's the one, last, <laughs> yeah. last one there. Yeah. You, you would have to imagine if his contract was up at the same time, they'd offer bigger contracts to, new, uh, to the Young Bucks and to Cody before Marty. Right. And that's no insult to Marty because Cody and Young Bucks are huge stars. Right. But as also, far as the NDC, it's it's inter- it is interesting in yeah. that it, of of those guys, if they were about to leave, if you had this money, uh, but it seemed like Kenny, it, Cody, and it, the Young Bucks, so, they were set on making this new thing. Yeah, it, so it turned out for Marty, him signing his contract later than the other guys, turned out to be a blessing in disguise because look at the position he's in now. Yeah, he's in the position, He's in the position to change a lot of things in the United States and the J- Japanese wrestling scene. Yeah. Maybe so, not so much Jap- uh, the Japanese, because it's not like the world's going to light on fire for Ring of Honor guys go over there, no. but 
The uh, wrestling boom. When WWE goes to Fox and AEW starts, it's going to be like the 2000s. No, all over yeah, again. I, I still hate when people <laughs> say that. Like, are there going to be 14 million people watching Yeah, so, suddenly 8 million people are going to crawl out no, of the woodwork and start like, watching wrestling. You're not making yeah. a lot of new wrestling fans, but no. you're able to make old wrestling fans come back. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, re- that's my read on Honor segment. Lots of crazy shit happening. Looks like Ring of Honor's uh, seriously trying to uh, better themselves. I think they have to take more steps uh, still to get there. They have to beef up the Romans division just like AEW does. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing WWE has better than everybody else. New Japan obviously don't have a women's division. AEW, Ring of Honor. WWE has lots of fantastic women's workers. They have serious storylines. And their matches are often pretty good. Um, we have silly storylines in AEW with women in them. Their matches are not very good. And Woman of Honor is speaks for itself. It's just a lot of Bully Ray booking his hot wife with <laughs> Delirious's hot girlfriend in angles where they play hot people. Uh, so speaking of women's wrestling, uh, Tessa Blanchard we brought up last week. Mm. Uh, she may or may not have said an N-word, uh, and then she may or may not have been bullying people for a long time. Uh, issued an apology today. Which was the saying, equivalent of, I did not say that word. I did, I I did, did not. not. <laughs> even though 20 people have basically collaborated the story and said, yes, you did. Uh, right. So, so unless this is some underground movement for all the women's wrestlers of the world to blacklist Tessa, I don't believe Tessa in this the, case. Listen, the, she came out and said that word's not even her vocabulary. She did deny. She's, she's not a racist. Do I think Tessa Blanchard is a racist? No. Do I you think she said that word? Mm. <laughs> I wasn't there. But yeah, yeah. if five people are saying it happened, then maybe it happened. And maybe she is racist. But, uh, but she didn't even deny the bullying alleg- the bullying allegations. No, didn't bring them up. Yeah, yeah. the shooting allegations in yeah. that women's Royal Rumble, um, or the women's Battle Royale, whatever you want to call it. Like, It's like me saying to you, Lee, you're a murderer, you're also like a drunk driver, and you're uh, like, and you steal shit. You'd be yeah, like, I'm not I'm a like, murderer. <laughs> Well, I, okay, yeah, so yeah. You're, you're, at best, you're a drunk driver, and you're also... And I steal shit. And you steal shit. <laughs> I don't murder people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of messy. Uh, also, based on the position she's in right now, like, she's not... She's the Impact World <laughs> Champion. the Impact World Champion. Uh, so that kind of made a woman your world champion, and then this happened to happen the same week, really kind of lets the air out of that balloon... Uh, but here we are, so... Well, she started that by sending out such a ridiculous tweet given her reputation, which is yeah. what we need to support each other. And, like, saying something as simple as that can set people off. People who are who are fine with just being like, whatever, she's an asshole. Yeah. But then, that'd be like... It's like... It's the Lars Sullivan thing. Yeah, it's... It's the... Man, we've uncovered, like, just image boards worth of posts by this guy... Just homophobic shit, and then it turns out he's in a porn. Yeah. That's how it no, always goes it down. Would have, it would have been like, have what been, even happened with that? No one's even, like, no one's even like followed up on that. No, it's just it's a hypocritical thing to say. Just yeah. like Lars is a hypocrite, and I think that hypocrisy is what triggers such an emotion from these other female women when they're normally like, whatever, she's an asshole. Yeah, move on with my life. But then they also have the audacity to be a hypocrite and an asshole. So yeah. now I'm going to call you. Out. Can't be both. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Reap what you sow. Um, Do what you say. Uh, Baron Corbin. Working, listen, working everybody this week. Dave, you're probably not listening to this, Dave Meltzer. I don't think Dave Meltzer is going to listen to our podcast. Listen, I like your, I like your. I like your website because I like listening to a lot of your programs. The Brian Vinny Show is a lot of fun. Filthy Four Daily is a lot of fun. All of the shows that don't contain Dave. 
No, I listen to Observer Radio um, sometimes. But we'll Dave, just, you gotta hold you, on. No, no, no. You were gain. Hold work. on, hold on. Let me. It's, it's uh, just, it's just, it's just, it's just. Anyway, you're saying. <laughs> Well, it was like 10 million years later. It was like three years later, not 10 million. It was 10 million. It's a bit, <laughs> bit of a hypochondria. Um, um, Dave, Baron is literally <laughs> tweeting this out to work, Mark. Yeah. And, like, he's a heel. He's trying to get a rise out of people. Do you think they, like, cheat? They stand in the locker room and they're like, this week you tweet something about AEW. Yes. It's good. Uh, like, I bet you is Randy Orton going up to Baron and be like, I bet you, like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you tweet out that, like. Yeah, I can't do it because people call me out for saying the N-word on yeah, Twitch yeah. when I do it. <laughs> But, yeah, and then Baron's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I think it's hilarious. What these pe- I think the only funny thing to come out of it, um, besides people getting worked and getting upset, because I think it's just funny, like, obviously he's doing this because he knows people are going to get upset, is um, people going, like, so you watched AEW instead of NXT, eh? And he has like, nothing to say to that. Yeah, I don't think he watched either of them. Yeah, No, <laughs> yeah, I think he's just... I think he, Baron Corbin watches wrestling? Yeah, I don't. I think he saw a thumbnail and it was like, oh, I'm going to fucking watch this. He's, like, he's probably sitting beside Randy and he's probably like, hey, watch this. Like, dive, 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 neckbeards, send. And he's like, just instantly notifications going out his ass. And people are like... <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> Shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. Uh, no emails that week, this week, so I think that's going to be it. Oh, wow. Yeah, see a lot easier. We don't go through NXT. We, like, we don't have to. They they named the the number one women's contender in a battle royale. Push Matt Riddle. Uh, Why haven't no, you? No, he's it's... too weird. No, he needs to be weird. Is what they need, Lee. That read, please. No, but his <laughs> his kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it it, it needs to exist outside the WWE for it to flourish. Because no, that guy, will, if he ever leaves NXT, he'll uh, be a huge star wherever he goes. Uh, we'll see. No, he will. Like, he has the charisma. He has the wrestling ability. He has a unique gimmick. He has um, heat with Goldberg. He has heat <laughs> That's with all Goldberg. all you need bro. to succeed. He's everything. Like, I shouldn't say he's everything, but no, he has a... He's very good, and... He's barefoot. And I think he should be pushed harder than he's being pushed. Yeah. Yeah, he's barefoot. It goes for a lot of guys. Uh, Rusev used to wrestle barefoot, and he broke his ankle, and he hasn't seen Oh, is that true? He wears little booties now? Yeah. Yeah. He's like... Little I, booties. Well, Rusev used to like just have the full like wrestling Russian wrestler gimmick, where he just like put his hands up and lock up with you, and like had his bare feet kick in the head. Scratch and, him. Uh, I love Rusev. Too bad. Too bad what happened to that guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's going to be the show this week for myself, Lee, for Reed, as a Sultan. So. Slam and welcome to the jam.